0: And thine is the kingdom and the
1: power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Sorry. Welcome to the podcast. In and through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim Elmore. And my name is Marshall Morden. That is true. Yeah. And it is, not actually, but once this drops, 2021.
2: Yeah. Doesn't it feel good, everyone? Feels good. All the problems of 2020 are gone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we're probably all in lockdown at this point. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's. I don't know. I don't know if that's actually true. <laughs> I'm just guessing that might happen post Christmas, but who knows?
1: Right. Right. All right. So this is week one. Yes, it is of the Catechism. Hmm. Fresh. Yeah. Fresh. fresh starts. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. We'll. We'll see how it goes. I mean, we're so accustomed. To our forest. Here's what we're really accustomed to. What we're really accustomed to is having mountains and mountains and mountains of material. Mm -hmm. And being like 30 minutes is the goal. Let's hope we get it in under an hour. Yeah. (laughs) And now we got one question. Yeah. That's a shift.
2: It is. Yeah. Rather than trimming down, we're going to be pulling things out. And yeah, yeah, it's going to be a different, different kind of. Work path for us, I guess work path is not even. I don't think that's a thing work. I think flow. everyone work ha-
1: flow. okay,
2: yeah, nice. I redeemed myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's early and neither one of us have coffee
1: right uh, if you since we were just getting started we may as well go back over it again just very quickly. this year we're working through the new city catechism. yes, you can find that anywhere crossway books are sold mm-hmm. uh, we gave away five. We did to which my wife said, Oh, that's one for every listener you have.
2: That's not true. It's that's not n- true. That's not
1: true. I I make that joke all the time. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's okay for me to make that joke, <laughs> but when you start making that joke, that's not okay. Yeah, Alex, looked that's the, hurtful.
2: Alex looked the data up and it's a lot more than five, <laughs>
1: like a lot more than
2: like, five, like seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyways. Yeah, so we're hoping that you've got access to it, whether it's in the print form or whether it's the app or whether you're pulling up the website, Mm -hmm. Um, you can gain access to all the good stuff in any of those places.
1: Yeah. So let's look at today's question. What is today's question, Marshall? What is our only hope in life and death? All right. So the way we're going to work through these is we're going to start by saying, why the question? Mm -hmm. Why is this a a question worth asking? Um, What are some possible or reasonable answers that the world might give us? Mm -hmm. And uh, so what? Yeah. Why does it matter? Yeah. So. Why the question? Why the question?
2: We can identify Mm -hmm. that we live in
1: a broken world. There are problems all around us. You know, I, I think. For all the things that we disagree with, that things aren't as they right and well should be might be the universal understanding of humanity, yeah, across all worldviews I would agree, I would agree, yeah, so even the most optimistic right <laughs> even even they would say and and if we would just right, then we could have. Right. Even if it was just if we would just recognize mm-hmm. that is still a statement that leads to opportunity for improvement. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we recognize that our world is not as it should be or could be, and for those who are honest, mm-hmm. we even might understand that maybe we are not as we should be slash
1: could be. Well, this is the first week of January. <laughs> if you do the time warp, where it's actually not even Christmas yet, but it's the first week of January. Sure, sure. So everyone, by and large, is at least having the conversation, what are you doing to improve yourself?
2: Yeah. What's the resolution?
1: Right. Yeah. And how long will it last? Hopefully your resolution is that you would finish the New City Catechism Oh. with In yeah. and Through Podcast. Yeah. And hopefully you nail it. That's a good one. Yeah. I believe in you.
2: <laughs> I believe in you. Did you ever know? that you my he? <laughs> yeah, so we recognize that this world is not as it should be and maybe we're not as we should be. And so the whole idea of hope is what is that thing that we're aspiring for? Right? What is the thing that 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 motivates us or pushes us towards wanting that thing to be better? Right, Right. whether it's the world in general, or ourselves, or situation, or whatever it might be, right. So this whole idea of hope. I mean, that Obama won his presidency on hope. Right. Right. That was that was the driving force behind his campaign. It was a very successful campaign. Hope is something that tugs on the hearts of of everyone. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Whether it be in a political system, mm -hmm. a person, Mm -hmm. uh, a vaccine. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Sometimes sometimes we place our hope in just that one thing that we feel most missing from our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So if you're single, you could be like, oh, my uh, if I had a spouse, Mm. if I I had a spouse, everything would be better. Yeah. They would complete me. Right. (laughs) Right. As if we are not sinners marrying sinners. Right. Yeah. And sometimes compounding issues mm-hmm. so I hear right <laughs> I don't know because Lindsay completes me and yeah uh so so there are lots of things material goods sure I I remember going through a phase Marshall where we were I was struggling financially mm-hmm. and I was driving such a hoopty I was it was like 2004 and I was driving like, an 86 Chevy Suburban. <laughs> nice. That always needed something done on it, mm-hmm. but it was so big that you could like invite your buddies over and all crawl into the engine compartment and right. do the work, right? right. Uh, and I remember doing this game where you just drive down the road and i would just like in bitterness be like, I'm going to drive a 30-minute drive ahead of me or whatever, right? I'm going to try to count the cars that aren't better than mine. Because I was that bent on, like, if I just had more money, if I could just replace this vehicle kind of a thing, then I would be happy. And that's what my hope was in. Oh, yeah. Right? And uh, I never got much above one or two.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, I drive a 2008 Nissan Cube. So so you don't play that game. <laughs> no, I got the coolest car on the road, obviously. Um, yeah, everybody in their BMWs and Mercedes are jealous of me. They are um yeah no that's totally you it, just though. trade
1: them straight across just to end their envy <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah but no i to- like i totally get that right like there are sometimes there are things that are are missing mm-hmm. in our lives and we feel as though once we get that right so like candace and i like we're in an apartment it's been really good for us for a number of years family's growing and it's feeling like we are we just this is enough room right cozy Forgetting the fact that people have probably raised families of like a dozen children in a similar size space in the past. But, you know, we look around and we're like, wow, if we could just get into a house, then suddenly, oh, we won't feel overwhelmed by this. We, things won't be cluttered. Our lives mm-hmm. will be organized. And I mean, that's just simply not true. Um, but you can fall into that trap. Even as Christians, we fall into that trap. Right. But yeah, some of the some of the common ones, material goods. We, we you mentioned politics. Mm-hmm. Political reform, if only this person wins this election or this person doesn't win this election, then everything will be headed in the right direction. The right laws will be passed. The right policies will be put in place. And finally, we will achieve this utopia that we've been longing for since right. forever. And we know that to just simply not be the case. I mean, look look at history, right? I mean, things swing left, things swing right. Everything
1: kind of stays the same. Yeah, so the the question the question matters because this is just a question that our heart is always asking. Yeah. I look into the hills and where does my hope come from? Mhm. Mhm. Right? So we are we are always asking this question, which is to me why it's interesting. You you might at, you might say next week's question what is God, mm-hmm. which I thought was an interesting way to phrase it. We'll talk about that next week. Sure. Uh, what is God? Then you might think, well, that's probably the better place to start.
0: Mm.
1: I don't know. I, I kind of like starting here. I think they started here for two reasons. One, that's how the Heidelberg Catechism starts. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I think even though this doesn't follow the Heidelberg, I think it is a nod to the tradition of the Heidelberg. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and then secondly— because this even even a person who would not ask a question about God is asking this question. Sure. The universally asked question. Mm-hmm. And so far we've given a lot of answers as to what the heart says, the flesh says, mm-hmm. these kinds of things. Other potential answers even theologically we we trust in ourselves, sure, right? Self improvement covenants of works, mm-hmm. right? If I can do this and this and this, e- even if we are going to look at it from a deist perspective, mm-hmm. right? I believe in God. We can still misplace this hope, and say I'm just going to do more, mm-hmm. right? I, I should have brought it with me. There's there's this children's book, uh, called Sophie and the Heidelberg Cat. Okay. Based off of this question as it stands in the Heidelberg. Right. Uh, and, and it, it's, it's a, I think it's a crossway book because I, I reviewed it for them. So the way, the way that it goes is Sophie gets mad at her sister and like yells at her punches her, whatever and gets mad and, and is confronted by this talking cat and, She mentions the Bible and the cat sort of calls her out on it Mm -hmm. and says, well, you mentioned the Bible. What's the Bible about? And she's like, you know, be brave like David, you know, and that sort of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Goes through a couple of them with these sort of applications that we give children, like legitimate applications we give children. Read these stories. Be like these characters. That's what makes God happy. Mm -hmm. And in that, we inadvertently teach them. Make yourself lovable mm-hmm. so that God will love you. right. Do these things and God will accept you. And in that we are the we are teaching a theology of works. Yeah,
2: it's moralism really.
1: It is. It's absolutely moralism. Achieve the standard to which God will receive you. Mm-hmm. And in that system, I am my hope, right. God is the goal, but I am the hope in achieving that goal, Mm -hmm. right? It is Pelagius. Yeah, totally. Right? So for those of you that aren't up on your historical heresies, Pelagius uh, was sort of the antithesis for Augustine. He came along and said, although man does not— Live the perfect life. It is reasonable to believe that one could live perfectly and not need the sacrifice of Christ.
0: Hmm.
1: Yet, at some point along the way, we all mess up and therefore need the cross of Christ. Hmm. And Augustine says this does not understand original sin, Mm -hmm. and it puts too much weight on the person. Um, that's how those discussion started, I believe. Yeah. No, it, it went further from there, but that's original Pelagianism.
2: Yeah. So it, the, the problem with that is that you either need to make much of yourself, mm-hmm. right? You either have to say, I as a human being am capable of perfection, which is a problem, mm-hmm. or you make sin so small, right? Or you, or you limit the, the scope of what constitutes actual sin. Um, so that, oh yeah, I can I can live my life without committing any of those sins. You can live your life without. I mean, the, the the scriptures say like to know what you ought to do and to not do it is sin. Right. No, nobody can do that. Nobody can do the the absolute best thing in absolutely every scenario.
1: Yeah, that I, is the standard. Right, and that's where it's important to understand that sin kind of comes in three ways. Right. There is face. Boldface rebellion, sure, which we we normally think of as sin, mm-hmm. right? There is um, transgression. That means crossing a line that we should not have crossed. Claiming something for our own that we should have left. Even if a person was going to say, I don't have an issue with boldface rebellion or transgression, right? Like I, I think that's where the wesleyan concept the nazarene concept of christian perfection might be able to say oh see the sinless believer what's entirely missing out of that is that hamartia that is used so often to to essentially mean missing the mark falling short of perfect yeah. mm-hmm. that you are not perfect is a problem mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> we have a little booklet we use here called what's going on here where we explain at memorial baptist Church what we believe about sin and salvation and and the thing that i that i really emphasize in that is to say sometimes we look at sinner and we think oh sinner is a person worse than me
0: right <laughs>
1: right sinner is a person worse than me but we're very happy to say well i'm not perfect
0: mm-hmm.
1: but that is missing the mark mm-hmm. not being perfect is enough mm-hmm and so we we are all here, mm-hmm. right? Even if you were going to say, well, bold rebellion has never been my issue, and and somehow I've avoided transgression, mm-hmm. you still missed the mark. You're still less than perfect. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself is a problem. Yeah. Yeah, because it ultimately makes you an enemy of God. Right, and that's what Pelagius doesn't understand. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, yeah, so, so we understand then that We have this hope. Our heart is longing for something to hope in, right? Mm -hmm. This is a defining part of who we are um, as just human beings, right? I think a great question, just as an aside, a great question to open up um, conversations, uh, potentially, you know, around evangelism even, Mm -hmm. is to ask people, where does your hope come from? That's from Joe, by the way. That was something that he brought up. You know, where's your hope come from? Is a great way because we all we all long for something, and we as believers we've been given an opportunity to to know where our hope should be found, mm-hmm. right? And that is what that is what so many people in the world are lacking, right? They either think it's going to come from something outside, like whether it's going to be you know it's again it's from other people or it's from society, it's from politics, it's from whatever, it's from You know, stopping climate change or whatever it might be, or it's from this self improvement, which is kind of the, you know, can appear noble, but still falls terribly short of what is necessary. So, those are some thoughts on it. What does the New City say? New City says that, so when asked, what is our only hope in life and death? It's that we are not our own but belong body and soul, both in life and death to God and to our
1: savior, Jesus Christ. This is a comfort that I don't think most people would on its surface find comfortable mm. because people, because part of our part of our culture, part of that self-save, self-improve
0: mm-hmm.
1: is the idea that i it, this hyper individualism. Yeah. You are the perfect you. You could never be there has never been a better you than you are. <laughs> right? Yeah. Which which comes with it all these self-defeating claims mm-hmm. of like you're perfect, you just need to realize it. Well, if I were perfect, then I would, I would realize realize it. it. <laughs> You're perfect. You just need to. Well, if, how can I improve upon perfection? Mm-hmm. And this is where I am, right? Um, or I'm I'm working better. I'm working more to achieve the perfect, the perfection that's within me, right? Like this, the whole concept is self defeating, mm-hmm. and not only is it self defeating, but it's it's defacing in that it says you could be your hope Mm -hmm. you're just not being that Mm -hmm. and so then you become condemned for your own struggle Mm -hmm. it's it's not helpful yeah but this hyper individualism makes us look to this and be like what do you mean i'm not my own Mm -hmm. i'm supposed to place supreme value on the fact that i'm me
0: Mm.
1: but maybe maybe that's not right Yeah, Maybe that's a lie that we've bought. And maybe that hyper-individualism isn't the solution but the problem. Maybe Satan masquerades as an angel of light Mm -hmm. and tells us what our itching ears desire to hear.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I found interesting about the answer to this question is that it's very different, I think, from what, if you were to ask a lot of Christians how they would respond. And 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 I understand that like I mean it's a pretty open-ended question and and you could answer this question rightly in a number of ways, but a lot of the answers you would get would probably be surrounding eternal destiny. What is your hope as a believer? That when I die, I get to go be with Jesus, right? That 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 I'm headed to somewhere that's better than this. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that reality is is tied up within what we're talking about here, but but the answer is really about who you belong to that you don't belong to yourself but you belong entirely body and soul whether you're alive or dead to god right right it so the hope is not necessarily simply in something that's yet to come but it's about your condition
1: right right now you're mine
2: yeah that you belong to god that that is the hope and and so I mean, the, the scriptural background for that is the Romans 14, 7, 8. You'll see those verses. Read um, it. Yeah. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live
1: or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And Calvin says to that, If we then are not our own but the Lord's, it is clear what error we must flee and whether we must direct all acts of our life. Mm-hmm. We are not our own. Let not our reason nor our will, therefore, sway our plans and deeds. We are not our own. Let us, therefore, not set it as our goal to seek what is expedient for us. We are not our own. Insofar as we can, let us forget ourselves and all that is ours.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: That's in the app if you want to Yeah, so
2: like essentially, right, like our own reason, our own will, our own decisions, our own desires should not be the driving force of our lives because we don't belong to ourselves. So instead, God's
1: will and God's wisdom ought to be what rules and directs us. That gives us our direction, but how it gives us our hope is that we understand we're not in this life just running around doing our own thing, trying to save our own skin. Right. And we're not constantly seeking a place to belong. hmm Because we're his. And like you said, that is a present status. hmm I think now we're getting into the so what, why does it matter so much? How does it change the way that we live?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Calvin nails it. We think we think less about ourselves. And we understand that we are property mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. The Bible uses slave more often than it does child. Yeah. Um, but that it uses both is important.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, I think you're right. right. Yeah, <clears throat> that it, that he uses both servant and child God. It 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 talks about what it means that we're never going to graduate out of God's care into the like a child would. Right, mm-hmm. you don't want to run that metaphor so far. Like, oh well, I needed him up to a point, but now I'm sufficient. Right, right. That's over. That's overreaching the metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um, that we would look at God as a as an evil slave master because we are servants, slaves, um, is wrong because he's also going to call us his bride. He's also going to call us his children. Um, but what what comes in all of this is peace in our hearts that we're not left on our own. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think if there's one thing that I've heard a lot of lately, and the holiday season can always do this, but COVID is just... Compounding it mm-hmm. is loneliness and people feeling entirely isolated. And, and I'm not sure we're talking about singles
0: mm-hmm.
1: who aren't able to get out and mix like they normally would. But I'm talking about people who, who are lonely in their own houses, mm-hmm. full of family. Mm-hmm. Just because there's something that causes them to feel different or unknown, but that's not the case.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're not out there alone. yeah You're not fighting through this winter of life trying to belong. You belong mm-hmm. and And your only hope is that you're not your own, but you've been bought mm-hmm. adopted. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We have been we, we now belong to God because of his grace. Right. And so because of because he has graciously saved us. Right. Christ gave up everything for us. Right. We understand that, like, there's nothing that we did really in order to belong to God. That's 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 just all him and in, in his love and in his mercy. You know, then we understand like not only not only does it give us hope that where we are, but it gives us hope because we can't even ruin this thing. like you know we we're, we're secure. It's interesting the the one di- one key difference between this question and, and how the Heidelberg words it mm-hmm. is that rather than use hope, it uses the word comfort, right, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think th- the two are certainly related, um, but that uh, whole idea of comfort right, that we can find comfort in the fact that we belong to God, right, that that should comfort us, um, and, and and it's comforting in a number of ways, not only that we're, we're not alone, um, not only that we are secure, but also there are things that, you know, we don't have to even figure out on our own, we don't have to, we don't have to figure out and determine for ourselves what is right and what is wrong, we, we have that given to us, right, right. like that that's a blessing to have that. Right to to be given that that guidance, right, and 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 even as I think about you know we mentioned how that our our world stresses autonomy and you know you got to just do you and follow your heart and don't let anyone get in the way. Well, on an individual basis, that might work, I guess, for a time. But once you put people in the context of community, that that's a that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like everyone thinks they're following their own heart. What happens when those? those goals those clash. Harsh conflict. Yeah, right? right? That's a problem, right? That, 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 that explains why we see so much division in the world around us, right? But if everyone understands that, like if a group of people were to understand, okay, we belong to God, means he sets the rules, means he sets the agenda, he tells us what's important, right? And we all submit to that, understanding that we belong to him. That is a recipe for success in the context of community or family or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, not, not only is he giving us something that, that can offer us comfort as an individual, but collectively as the church, and we do this imperfectly, of course, like the church is not a perfect place, but as we grow in our understanding that we belong to God, that he sets the agenda, that, that, you know, his will and not our will is what should be driving our lives. We will, we will be drawn closer together. And that, that's comforting, too, in the meantime, as we as we live in this fallen world.
1: Yeah, I think the ultimate life question is, what are we here for?
0: Yeah.
1: What's my purpose? hmm And I think this is the universal answer mm-hmm. to that ultimate question. Mm-hmm. So it starts with a bang. Yeah. I, I don't know how you go up from answering the ultimate question with the universal answer. <laughs> But we'll see what happens. Anything else you want to drop before we outro?
2: No, no. I'm just excited to get this process started. Looking
1: forward to what 2021 has to hold. And hey, look, we're we're back within our original half hour. Our original half hour that uh, we were shooting for. You're welcome, Vicky. Back within your drive to work, and uh, not having you sitting in the parking lot waiting for us to finish. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.